then we're back with another episode and we have Sprechings on, on in the meeting and we're going to discuss, I think we're going to continue with the ninth chapter of the Gita, which is, I think That's the last verse that we discussed was the fourth verse, is that right? Sixth, no, I think sixth we went not as far as the sixth verse. Ah, sixth verse. Okay, thank I'll you for that. Hare Krishna and Jai Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. This is, uh, yeah, we finished with the sixth chapter. Basically, Krishna's uh, in the ninth, uh, sorry, sixth verse in the ninth chapter. Yeah, Krishna has been describing his mystic opulences or what's called Yoga Aishwaram. Uh, how he maintains everything. He is, everyone is in him, but he is not in them. And like, although he maintains everything, he's not really maintaining everything because meaning that it's not a burden for him as we see in that image of old man, Atlas, you know, carrying the whole world. It's not like that. For him, this is like a breeze in modern language. For Lord Krishna, it's a breeze. So, um, he's been saying these things, his mystic opulences. And now, uh, the last verse, the sixth verse, Read, yeah. He gives an analogy or like a simile, an example of how, here you have it, understand that as the mighty wind blowing rests always in the sky, all created beings rest in me. Meaning there's this whole universe, this huge universe and it looks like it's running of its own free will and so many complex things are happening. People are taking birth, people are dying, taking rebirth and so on. But uh, it's all like uh, the breeze. Uh, it has the r- a right to blow freely in a huge expanse which we know as the sky. But the fact is that it is contained or restricted by the whole, like if you think of it like an overturned, uh, upturned, overturned, not upturned, overturned, turned down bowl. It's contained within it. It's like that, that all these personalities and so many things are happening times are playing itself out but everything is happening under that in, in, in the place of the sky that will be him and his control Lord Krishna's control material nature is so powerful it can just kind of make whole cities vanish see what happened in Pompeii when that volcano erupted you know people were just frozen in lava in whatever they were doing whole cities get destroyed go underground material nature is very powerful but that same material nature is contained completely the power of the Lord and he's slowly building up to the classic 10th verse wait till we get there where he explains Maya Dhyakshena Prakriti Suyate Characharam that is the same very powerful Prakriti it does my bidding exactly as I ask it to move and play things itself out it, it, it she actually it's a feminine personality here so we wait till we come to that so now here we have this 6th verse in the seventh verse, uh, we can move on to the seventh verse. If you will read the translation for us. Uh, yeah. So, O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, all material manifestations enter into my nature. And at the beginning of another millennium, by my potency, I create them again. Okay. So, now he's really kind of like talking about the time factor. That, uh, you know, we are talking of the millennium that is basically a lifetime of Brahma. That's the context here, not in millennium as we speak of, uh, you know, 1000 years or 2000 years, etc. 
at the end of the millennium that is basically at the end of one uh, mm. lifetime of brahma all material manifestations enter into a nature that means they all just kind of fold up or wind up and get back into him in his reclining form when he is lying as mahavishnu and at the beginning of the next lifetime of brahma bama potential create them again so it's like he is playing or contrasting two very powerful entities one is this hugeness and massive spread of time of brahma's own life and even that basically is nothing or is completely controlled by him so if you see the purport if you can uh, and if you can kindly read the purport um yeah so the purport is the creation maintenance and annihilation of this material cosmic manifestation are completely dependent on the supreme will of the personality of god at the end of the millennium means at the death of brahma uh, brahma lives for 100 years and is and his one day is calculated at um, this number is 100 so many years or 3 years what is yeah 4.3 uh, something uh, i think trillion or something that of our earth years his night is of the same duration his month consists of 30 such days and nights and his year of 12 months after 100 such years when brahma dies the devastation or annihilation takes place this means that the energy manifested by the supreme lord is again bound up in himself then again when there is a need to manifest the cosmic world it is done by his will bahusha although i am one i shall become many this is the vedic aphorism in the chandogya upanishad chapter 2.3 he expands himself in this material energy and the whole cosmic manifestation again takes place so uh, he's i think he's giving us lord krishna is giving us this information to drive home his uh, terrific power and greatness uh, great uh, terrifyingly overpowering power usually we become aware of the power of god only in moments of great tragedy when we realize we are utterly helpless nothing no prayer nothing is working whatever we are praying will stay is going to be snatched out of our hands and um, uh, it's it's only then uh, because we are just kind of forced and pushed into a corner and shown our own helplessness and if we survive that particular catastrophe then it makes a strong impact and sometimes gets people to question what is the meaning of this life and why was i given a second chance what am i supposed to do i almost died and so on so these catastrophes in our times sometimes uh, if you even see movies like you know in this titanic there's uh, i don't mean the one with the famous leonardo dicaprio and the kate winslet or anything i mean the another uh, tv series done tv mini series was done some years before that and i remember the scene where the titanic is clearly going down and there's a, a pious christian family several children and uh, papayas and devoted husband and wife and uh, the wife grasps very quickly what's happening the husband he can't believe his eyes that after being god's man and following all his instructions and going to uh, you know not just going to church but living out the life i think they're some kind of preachers so he is having a hard time believing that they are not amongst those who were saved and basically it was the injustice of the system within the titanic 
the boats were not enough to take everybody and the business class passengers were as always happens were given as often happens were given priority the women and children were given priority but specifically the uh, the the higher the business class passengers so these are poor travelers they are trying to move they were sailing from england to america to uh, make a new life for themselves maybe to canada so the husband has a tough time but the lady it's very uh, very very uh, what's the word for it it made a, it makes a very big impact when you see how in a matter of seconds she has to process uh, and come to terms with the reality that they are going to go down with the titanic she and her four children lovingly raised and her husband and what can be done so she comes to terms a little faster and she thanks him for being such a dutiful husband and father he is still not getting it he is still not understanding so in moments like that then i was watching another uh, you know the the present queen elizabeth there's the series called the crown oh, um, yeah. yeah the crown yeah so the queen elizabeth the man she marries that is uh, prince philip he comes he is basically of some german origin and he comes from a kind of real tragedy struck uh, family so amongst the horrors his wife mother is in a mental institution his father i'm not sure anyway or something his his favorite sister her husband her two children her newborn baby all go down in a plane crash and uh, uh, he uh, and the moments are the shown the lady the sister that is fully pregnant for i think the third or third time whatever boards the flight to attend a royal wedding in england and he is still a young man he is not yet grown young boy he is not yet in boarding school he is not grown up enough to uh, marry the queen elizabeth so they board this flight and suddenly she goes into labor a baby is born to facilitate the labor they change the pilot changes it's a small plane changes the route so that they can be offloaded somewhere where some medical attention may be required the weather change the weather goes bad they can't land where they are and then they run into rough weather and the whole they crash and everybody's dead so again those kind of moments like maybe we see uh, through the eyes of those who are the dra- actors who are playing out the drama on screen how helpless and how powerful material nature is what can you do if the weather turns foul and is going to overturn a flight or a plane that was going quite well in the hands of an expert pilot what can you do if the titanic goes and run by an extremely arrogant captain who took all kinds of risks to show off and make his goes and hits an iceberg and then just breaks into two the hull hits and takes down so many uh, fair uh, i mean relatively innocent people so through the eyes of these people who are suffering you can see how powerful material nature is and even more that material nature krishna is claiming is nothing because it basically it all folds up when the time comes and gets back into him and comes out again at the time of a new brahma the brahma mind you is the highest post that one can achieve a living entity or a human being in the material world that doesn't mean just our world but the middle planets the mati- the middle planets in the material part of the universe then there is the hellish planets and the heavenly planets above it's the highest post that anyone could aspire for and qualify themselves by doing everything very pakka and properly and not making any mistakes and so many lifetimes of that they can get to the post of brahma but that brahma is also look at this look at the span of his lifetime 
you know that's enough that itself is mind boggling but even that brahma finally is helpless because when he dies everything just folds up his whole creation folds up back into the body of the lord and the same brahma in another verse which is coming from scripture it says the brahma and the little ant whether it is a powerful lord brahma or the little ant uh they are under the three modes and they are subjected to suffering so because brahma also undergoes uh, uh, bewilderment and delusion and brahma also makes mistakes in judging the power of the supreme lord child krishna and the missing calves and hiding the calves and so on so uh, idea being that uh, basically telling us how powerful the supreme lord himself is and uh, one way or the other we have to accept that fact and to surrender next verse verse 8 if you will read the yeah. whole cosmic uh, so the whole cosmic under uh, cosmic order is under me uh, under my will it is automatically manifested again and again and and, uh, and under my will it is annihilated at the end this material sort of purport of that is uh, yeah. this yeah this uh, this material world is a manifestation of the inferior energy of the supreme personality of god This has already been explained several times. At the creation, the material energy is let loose as the Mahatattva, into which the Lord, as His first Purusha incarnation, Mahavishnu, enters. He lies within the causal ocean and breathes out innumerable universes. And into each universe, the Lord again enters as Garudakshayi Vishnu. Each universe is in that way created. He still further manifests Himself as Shirodakshayi Vishnu, and that. Vishnu enters into everything, even into the minute atom. This fact is explained here. He enters into everything. Uh, now, as far as the living entities are concerned, they are impregnated into this material nature, and as a result of their past deeds, they take different positions. Thus, the activities of this material world begin. The activities of the different species of living beings are begun from the very moment of the creation. It is not that all is evolved. The different species of life. are created immediately along with the universe men animals beasts birds everything is simultaneously created because whatever desires the living entities had at the last annihilation are again manifest it is clearly indicated here by the word avasham that the living entities have nothing to do with this process the state of being in their past life in the past creation is simply manifested again all this is done simply by his will This is the inconceivable potency of the supreme personality of Godhead, and after creating different species of life, he has no connection with them. The creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities, and so the Lord does not become involved. Okay, uh, one thing here, this huge um, chronology of uh, is given of how. Universes come and go, and yugas come and go. We are exceptionally lucky. Uh, because it is not as if lord krishna appears in every dwapara yuga of each cycle of the four yugas he appears only in every 28th dwapara yuga of each of these cycles you know there, there is uh, satya yuga treta yuga dwapara yuga kali yuga and then again satya yuga it's not as if every time he comes so we are relatively extremely fortunate because uh, lord krishna appeared 5000 years ago there is mathura to go and see there is vrindavan there are records left and uh, there are places where he played out his past times there are deities that manifested and are worshiped even today and so on 
so this the whole idea is that if we miss this chance of understanding what is what uh we we don't know when again we are going to get that chance if we just go back fold up uh, come back again and again and then at the end of a lifetime of brahma we all just wherever we are with our karmic bank account we've not got out supposing we've not got out of the cycle of birth and death yet and we just go back into the lord of the supreme uh, the body of the supreme we just like drawn back and then we take birth again it's going to be a very long haul so uh, this is we are in exceptionally fortunate times and then lord chaitanya himself again comes only in some very rare uh, follow up of the kali yuga that follows the dwapara yuga if krishna himself comes only in the 20th dwapara yuga of each of these uh, cycles the similarly lord chaitanya comes very rarely and that's again he has come and gone just 100 years ago relatively uh, when you think of cosmic time this 500 years and 5000 years is not so bad because things do survive there are places you can go and see and touch and feel and refer and cross check there is manuscripts there are because you can't have people alive from those times but it really it's, um, yeah it's actually in uh, i'm just reading when i'm reading the chaitanya charitamrita i'm in this chapter where chaitanya mahaprabhu uh, visits vrindavan and uh, he's he's going to vrindavan like he, like um, he reaches vrindavan he's taking a bath in i think it's in that uh, yeah yamuna and govinda i think uh, govinda kun uh, he he takes a bath in the, in the um, Did Govinda Kund or Radha Kund he takes a bath? Govind Kund, no, no. Govind, there is Govind, Govind Kund, but that is near Govardhan. Radha Kund oh. and Manasi Ganga, Radha, but that's all the Govardhan ah. uh, route. So, anyway, go on. Ah, so he, uh, so as he's uh, taking a bath, I think I think he wanted to go and pray to the Gopala deity. Okay. And uh, so this was that part in the story where he's like trying to, he wants to pray to Gopala deity, but then. ஒருத்தர்ஸ்லைக் had to take the deity and then go to a different place uh, and then um you know like uh, this so but yeah, yeah. what he describes so what he describes over the place was and so after then after all of that finally the they were able to install the deity back and he was able to pray and for him that whole experience is like he describes you know when he's like going all the way to vrindavan he says like you know now that i am entering vrindavan now that i am uh, praying to this my uh, ecstatic love of god increases like multiple times mm-hmm. because the places and the the places they like he described like this is the place that uh, he when he is like in front of the govardhan hill like this is the place where krishna enjoyed his past times with the cowherd boys yeah yeah with the singer and 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 then he was a radha kund this is where krishna enjoyed things sporting uh, had a sporting time with with, with radha and when he goes to uh, this uh, what is it in gopality also he like you know um, he, i mean he prays to uh, give a special kind of prayer because 
you know gopalas from um you know that deities from there so he gives a special kind of prayer in that but he also describes like how it's so special that you know that he can like he's not from brindavan but he's from bengal right and right right he goes so he go, going there it's like for him it's like a big experience because mm-hmm. this place brindavan is very special and maybe for him so yes. like the place also becomes very special for people like you know like they blue ball yeah actually even today uh, i pray that you will get a chance sometime to also visit vrindavan because there is something so special about the place of course today it's people who joined iskon 20 30 years ago say those days it was relatively very peaceful and peacocks were walking down the road and now there is a spillover from delhi and the mess that delhi is you know land sharks and traffic and so on but still it is so so special a friend uh, who is uh, originally from trivandrum a malayali lady uh, who's been 8 years in mayapur she's just done a shift to rindavan about 10 one week ago so she keeps sending voice messages saying she's been to rindavan before but she shifted her service uh, from the mayapur temple to here so partly health reasons there is some clinic and some treatment she's taking and Vrindavan will mean less pressure in terms of the services she has to do because the temple mm-hmm. is smaller whereas Mayapur there are so many deities and so many garlands to be made and so much cooking to be done and so many people so she is I just yeah. had one uh, this might be like it's not anything related to uh, uh, yeah, go or anything but I just had like I mean why did is from put like I know that Prabhupada is from uh, Bengal but uh, I was just, I've always wondered this like why the headquarters of this one couldn't be in like uh, in down in like where uh, No it's because of Lord Chaitanya having taken birth in Bengal oh, this whole movement and the Hari Krishna Mahamantra is something given specially by Lord Chaitanya it is a particular easy medicine or gift he brought that cut mm. through all caste barriers and rituals and uh, mantras and stotras and temples so that is really coming from lord chatana who took birth in in uh, mayapur in yogapeet oh. that's so the hare so the hare krishna mantra it is coming from him basically uh, coming yeah it existed in the vedas but it the other way around hare you will always see it is hare rama hare rama ram rama hare hare lord uh, chaitanya uh, turned it around it. and pro- propagated hare krishna hare krishna saying that rama is still difficult to approach for the conditioned soul because he is maryada purushottam which means you have to follow lot of proper behavior to be able to access his mercy krishna is not like that he is uh, leela purushottama that means he likes his leelas and uh, he likes all varieties of uh, love and affection that's given to him he is naughty and he breaks the rules himself and he is very highly reciprocative so uh, it, lord chaitanya really pushed this mantra and you know and the kali santarana upanishad speaks of a personality like yellow bodied who will come and propagate the kali uh, hari krishna mahamantra as the only saving grace that is there in this miserable age of kali so all that happened in the first kirtans the first hari nams hari nam meaning procession chanting processions all happened in in brinda in mayapur and the the bengal area only later he goes lord chaitanya actually also goes to uh, discover and dig out he sends the goswamis to do that job even after he has left this planet uh, to dig out the past time places and the famous temples of vrindavan which had fallen to destruction and ruin under islamic rule 
when because the Mughals came in the years that followed Lord Chaitanya's appearance, we naturally a lot of this had to go underground and deities had to be hidden and taken away to Rajasthan and hidden there and so many people lost their lives and so on. So Lord Chaitanya came to revive that whole worship that already so many lovely deities were there and uh, now in secrecy. That's why you have the Goswamis, they build uh, these major temples in that Rajas come forward to sponsor. Because the Rajas knew uh, from their parampara and through their family history or whatever had been passed on to them, that there was an age like that. And then when the this Muslim invasions came, it all had to go because of a clash of faith and so on. So they pitch in, they bring the money, they bring the marble and they bring the jewels and the opulent building and construction. So Lord Chaitanya then proceeds to Vrindavan to do this job of uh, reviving the consciousness of Krishna worship and setting mm-hmm. up places. But Vrindavan is... Uh, that, yeah, that makes sense. Just happened uh, to be there in you yeah. know, evening time and then the bells, 500 and 5,000 temples are there, small, small, not all built by ISKCON at all. And uh, they all are Vishnu or Krishna worship temples. There's, a, there's, also a Shi, there's also a Shiva temple, no, next to that. Yeah, Shiva the, is always considered a, like a the, 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 the gate, the guardian uh, of uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Dhameshwar Shiva. Both even entrance to Mayapur, there is one. He takes on that role, and uh, it is said that even when the Rasalila was going on. Uh, he, he takes the role of being a guardian outside to make sure uh, who is allowed into who is allowed and not allowed in because only really qualified people are allowed into the Rasalila. But Vrindavan, I mean, you have to be there in the evening. You have to just walk around on the roads. It's just magical. But of course, uh, there's one like like a disclaimer or one ca- word of caution because it's the dham with lot of potency. They warn you to be very careful. Prabhupada used to say don't stay more than three days because you may unknowingly do offenses and get terrible reaction. Now, because the dham's job is to purify us, a lot of people who go to any dham, need not be Vrindavan, they go to Badri, they go to Kedar, they go to Tirupati, they invariably come back and suffer some physical ailments. Part of it is naturally when you travel, people get diarrhea for about 10 days, people get and so on. But I know of some extreme cases. There's a lady from Germany. Uh, she is called Aditi. Uh, that is her diksha name. She landed in Vrindavan as a, just a naive tourist. I don't think she even knew anything about ISKCON. And she says she had, they had lived a very sinful life because of their ignorance. So she came with plenty of money in her hand and independence in her early 30s. And she came to Vrindavan and she was very happy. But in no time, a gang of monkeys attacked her. Monkeys are everywhere in Vrindavan. I think they bit her. Uh, monkeys are really scary there. You know, they say carry a, a danda uh, and just... There's a, there's, like, people always look at the monkeys and they think that, okay, the size-wise you can take on a monkey. But monkeys are very difficult to deal with. Oh. They will, they'll, there's a, there's a video of a, I've seen a video of a, of a monkey like on YouTube. He literally, he gets angry. I mean, he, this, this man actually didn't, doesn't do anything wrong. He's just like looking at the monkey and he's like very affectionately calling out to the monkey. But the monkey just jumps onto his head and he takes out his, the scalp of his head on the top of the head. No? He just rips out this thing, this part. And um, the guy is just like left there and doesn't know what happened. All right. Mm-hmm. Monkeys are really strong and powerful, you know? so it's like 
You shouldn't mess with you shouldn't mess with the That's muscle. right. Shouldn't mess at all. And you know what? The, some of these ladies, they either they feel they have to feed the monkeys or something, so start off yeah, with the monkeys fight amongst themselves and then attack the person. I think something like that happened with her. So the monkey biting and monkey attack naturally, someone took her to a local hospital, gave her rabies injections, anti-rabies. But she got a reaction to it, and she says she was lying with high fever for ten days, and she really should have died. She doesn't know, was nobody knew of her, no way to reach Germany and get any help. She survived that and then she became very serious about her spiritual practice. And there's a lot of um, editing, uh, audition for all kinds of kind of services for senior other devotees who want to bring out books or their tape ministry and so on. So uh, both, not so much in Mayapur. Mayapur, that kind of reaction, people do fall sick when they come back with because of the water and the climate and the food. But Mayapur is Audarya Dham. That means basically there's a lot of free. Like now the government is fighting about freebies being given before the elections for by different parties. Freebies, so a lot of causeless mercy there. And lot is overlooked because that was the special mood of Lord Chaitanya. He didn't want to punish the wrongdoers because then there is no hope at all. Whereas in Vrindavan you have to tread a little more carefully, lot more carefully because you know unknowingly you get into some fight or squabble with the rickshawala. Naturally you feel he's cheating or uh, uh, then these things become big issues and apart from like I said attacks from monkeys and so on. But otherwise it's lovely. There are still peacocks. There is pure sand in whole areas. There's a Vrindavan institute like the Mayapur institute where we teach. The Vrindavan Institute is in a very beautiful part. It's they built it out of mud. There's you look know, mud classrooms, and even in the extreme heat, they have water coolers, but not ACs. It gets extremely hot there. There's a Goshala nearby. There's a Tulasi Vanam. There are samadhis of some few Iskand Swamis who passed away. Their bodies or their ashes are there. It's a very beautiful setup altogether. I haven't been now for five six years, but uh, altogether really, I mean Once no. I... Uh, maybe once like um, once I'm able to get like a um, because I don't get any leaves so, uh, for more yeah, than like yeah. three four days. So if I if I can if I know if I there's like I think if I work for a year at the end of one year I think I'll get like they'll always give like uh, they'll allow you to take leave for like a week or a week and a half or something like that. So if 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 I do get an opportunity like that, then there are these packages that I've seen where you can like. You can do these like pilgrimage packages where you can go yeah, yeah, yeah. north in a pilgrimage tour, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can all you'll be basically going to all these places like Vrindavan, Mathura, and all these places and all that. So maybe I'll take something like that. And, and they will take care of everything. There. Like they will yeah. do the cooking. Yeah. They will give you the food. That's best. Yeah. So yeah. I because otherwise, point. otherwise, if I have to like do everything, I'll be like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. Absolutely. Best to go the package only. Yeah, nowadays there are very good packages. I'm also hearing that you know, like they yeah. take a cook along, and who gets local produce and cooks whatever the people are used to. If they are coming from Kerala and they don't like this North Indian kind of khana, then it is Kerala. I, I heard about this with some Iskon group picked up a cook like that from Delhi when they went to Badri. And nobody had stomach issues because earlier when they went, the oil didn't suit them, the potatoes didn't suit them, and so on. So yeah, I think something like that's such a nice incentive. It's good to wait and to build up your serious intention and then go there. And I'm sure Krishna will reciprocate. 
so definitely i mean uh, this vrindavan mathura track definitely mayapur and if you going to mayapur must go to jagannath puri which is just overnight from howrah all right so the verse 8 the next one uh oh did we read that yeah uh, we just we read the purport yeah we read we finished the purport so we can move on he's just going on. so we have not read the purport uh, yeah we read the purport uh but probably we didn't we didn't go in depth of the purport just uh the material world is a manifestation of the inferior energy of the supreme personality okay this has been explained several times fine how he lies down in the causal ocean as mahavishnu then universes come emanate out of his breathing and then into each of those universes he enters as garbhodaka shai vishnu or else meaning from whose navel uh a lotus appears and inside that lotus brahma sits down and meditates and he is given the qualification to start creating each universe is in that we created he still further manifests manifests himself as shirodaka shai vishnu that is the vishnu that enters into each human being the four arm form as the super soul so three vishnus the one that first lies down in the causal ocean uh that uh, then he uh, uh, from when he is in his deep yoga nidra this is the lord padmanabha kind of rupam here that is uh, classic is in his deep transcendental sleep from his breathing many many universes are said to come out emanate and each of those universes he again that same vishnu form gets in and sits down there as not sits down lies down again as Vishnu as I am just repeating for the sake of clarity, from whose garbha or navel a lotus comes out, and within that lotus flower is Lord Brahma, Chaturmukha Brahma, sitting there to uh, uh, meditate and do dhyanam uh, until he uh, gets, he meets the Lord and is told how to go about creating. And then into each bit of that creation, the same Mahavishnu enters again as Super Soul. That's the point. We are not going to just read it. uh i've just summarized it paraphrased it now as far as the living entities are concerned they are impregnated into this material nature and as a result of their past deeds they take different positions so what that means that everything we do now we are really creating opportunities and bodies for ourselves in the future and i was listening to a lecture where it said you know sometimes we have a tendency uh especially in families on family discussions maybe more than in, in regular other discussions between friends we tend to blame an ancestor for certain wrong decisions and we uh, and say it's all because of that person and that decision the decision was just so wrong and even today there are ripples in three generations later how did he think what did he think he was doing and how did he get away with it we go on and on so uh, some in a lecture they were pointing out to me that that person wherever he is now that ancestor in some other lifetime in some other body is going to get the negative effect of our cursing or complaining or blaming similarly someone else somewhere who has been born uh, some years down the line after our previous life is probably blaming us for whatever we were in that previous life for decisions we took probably in good faith you know but that have ended in all disaster or chaos or unhappiness in families and so on and the, and the more they blame us we still get that same reaction now in the form of one suffering or the other so we need to become very aware 
of the cyclical nature uh, cyclical is not the right word the, yeah, it's the, um, it's actually like kind of uh, i mean the the uh, panels you made is like uh, it's valid uh, and i think all as people generally people like to blame a lot of people for anything like even if it's not family also like even if you have a group of friends also Uh, yeah. If something goes wrong, they will, you know, either like the other person. Uh, even if you haven't done something wrong, you know you haven't done something wrong. The other person might blame, might blame you for something that could be wrong. Before you can put the, uh, you know, before you can put the blame, I have noticed that this happens uh, in, like, you know, in almost all situations where there's like a negative reaction to something, where there's some kind of negativity that's there. there will be like even at work somewhere somebody will say that you know some you know some manager says that this person didn't like, they're talking to somebody else and they're saying that they didn't do their they didn't do the work properly that person will say it's because of this and that person will say it's because of that so it will keep going on like this and um, people like in one sense like people are not willing to act like accept that okay that you know that they could make a mistake that they can make a mistake in that you know what they they're not always perfect and this happens i think in almost every situation so in family what happens is that we are like if somebody's like passed away then they can't really talk they can't, can't defend speak themselves. up and defend they themselves can't, exactly. they can't speak up and defend themselves so the people who are like alive they're able to like they don't want to offend the other person so they will not say anything they will not say that okay it probably could be you but because they're family they don't want to offend the other person so they will it's very easy to like put the blame on somebody that's already passed away but but in reality i think like you know it's it doesn't it doesn't help because like they were living in that time and they did what they could and they they lived their life the way they did now you know like for example like in the geeta like after reading the geeta i've come to this realization that like you know destiny doesn't choose how your how 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 things go like you choose your destiny like you decide how things go further like nobody can tell you how things will run right like nobody can tell you like how things work but you can decide like how things go forward so i think that is what is like the most important because i think nobody even your family members or friends i think anybody can like tell you what how things should uh, go forward i think and uh, and the people who have uh, passed away it is need to like i guess offer our respects uh just uh, uh say that you know that they did what they could the best that they could and um, that's all that you know that yeah, give respect otherwise uh, absolutely because otherwise it actually hinders them or harms them in whichever lifetime now they are playing out and similarly you take that whole situation and flip it around we obviously in our previous birth were somewhere in some family and we did certain things and we left certain descendants after us if they are going on blaming us for the person we were in that previous lifetime and the decisions we took that are still impacting them unfortunately then that is going to hinder and harm us a lot that is actually what is called bad karma people try to do parihara puja to get rid of that karma you know because someone is cursing and blaming us for some decisions we took in good faith that they are still paying the price for we have already passed on like you said we are not there in in that body we can't speak up and defend and explain what were the reasons that is going to really hinder hamper hinder harm us and uh, so one way to overcome this like you said is to stop that blame game ourselves 
someone said there is a limit for a blame game you know usually we end up blaming parents this is very often every generation does it and even for that there's a limit you can't just hold parents responsible for all the things that have gone wrong in our life very rarely is that valid or correct so this when we read these paragraphs and these verses in the bhagavad gita that talk of how um, the time span that the jiva takes in and out of different bodies and if they are still there in the cycle of birth and death when brahma death comes and the universe folds up that jiva that is us goes back into the body of the supreme lord and then re- it's all just like scary it's such a long haul if we keep reading this particular uh, Uh, you know which charges now if you read now as far as the living entities are concerned they are impregnated into the second para yeah yeah now as far as the living entities are concerned they are impregnated into this material being and as a result of their past deeds they take different positions yeah thus the activities of this material world begin the activities of the different species of living beings are begun from the very moment of the creation it is not that all is evolved the different species of life are created immediately along with the universe men animals beasts beasts birds everything is simultaneously created because whatever desires the living entity had at the last annihilation are again manifested it's clearly indicated here by the word avasam uh, that the living entities have nothing to do with this process the state of being in their past life in the past creation is simply manifested again and all this is done simply by his will this is the inconceivable potency of the supreme personality of god after that uh, and after creating different species of life he has no connection with them creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities and so the lord does not become involved so this in these last two three sentences the lord is showing a, a very striking impartiality or neutrality the creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities and so the lord does not become involved with it because he is just sanctioning that is their wish so let them have it brahma van shila propad was on a beach walking and some of his disciples are pointing out that yeah. you know people like to surf surfers yeah. i think not sure and uh, shila propad says something like if that's all they do especially in their retirement stage Uh, then it is very likely they will get a body that is suitable for water because they love it so naturally we have a certain attraction some people like to hike in the mountain some people and to a great extent it's good to satisfy that it keeps us healthy it keeps us happy but especially when uh, if you are at a stage in your life where you have to be concentrating i mean death is not uh, so many years away because you are already quite elderly if at that stage as often happens people just sit passing their time doing fishing and those who are healthy or fit enough they do surfing then they are asking for trouble because it will be like what happened to jada bharat that uh, they uh, not jada bharat uh, bharat maharaj said all the time you thinking only about the deer then you get the birth as a deer it's uh, it's so it's crystal clear because the bhagavatam is telling us this. so we need to control our likes and dislikes not to completely stamp them out because that's not possible but to guide our likes and dislikes and try to hitch them on to the lord in some way or the other the creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities which means the lord is not going to interfere you want you very fond of this particular type of 
um, activity or tastes or diet, then you get a fitting body to satisfy those uh, those desires. Scary. It's really quite scary. The creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities, and the and I don't think even uh, the most rational and logical. a uh, western type of mind can any longer challenge this business called taking birth again reincarnation because so many so much information are people are not shy any longer of that topic there may be some sensational when we were growing up years ago there was this cinema that called the, the reincarnation of peter proud and it was just about a man who was a young man repeatedly having dreams of being killed by a woman and uh, being drowned or something in a lake or you know when he was skating or something and then he happens to watch some tv series and sees pictures of michigan where he recognizes a lot of the scene as where this happened where he was killed in a previous then he is he supposed to go back there and trace out the woman who is still alive quite elderly and so on so he uh, so those were very early attempts to try to address this issue the reincarnation of peter proud because people were even scared to come out openly and say it just might be possible that there is something called rebirth it was considered very silly and sentimental taboo. and not sexy yeah that's right taboo but now it's not like that a lot of these cases are coming up there are like little girls somewhere in rajasthan who are born and very much little boys And there's even this story. There's a story of a small boy who was born in America, like a family, and then he um, he reportedly knew uh, the family of his previous birth. He said that something he uh, somebody I think his parents mother only asked him to you know um, I think he jokingly said that you know that you are not my mother. My mother is somebody else. I see. And and there, that story is actually. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, it is because I heard it on the Business Series podcast and Raghunath uh, Das right. They were talking okay. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were saying, um, <clears throat> let me see, they're trying to in America. It's 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 also there on Netflix sort of. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, Not this one. I don't remember which one it was. It was okay. There's a documentary. Uh, it talks about. It's an old documentary, but it's not in this. It's in. It's in like uh, in the Wisdom series. One of the episodes. Right, right. Uh-huh. They talk about. Uh, they talk about this. Um, it's be very difficult to find that episode on because uh, they. It's, The real, I don't know when, but I remember it was a little while back, where they had an entire, I think an entire episode dedicated on just reincarnation stories. Okay. And it's, nice. it's quite fun. It's quite fun actually because like, uh, it re- I'm not sure. Okay, if you find it, yeah, if you find it, you just send me the link to that particular episode later. Yeah. So these are the like these are the videos that they have. Where they are discussing a, a topic related to reincarnation. Is it possible that we can be reincarnated in the past? Okay. How do we practically take pleasure in the self? Is there anything that you think I should consider before approaching it? So they have this. Um, so I think I think maybe it was in this that they discussed this. I'm not. 
I think it's in this. It could be in this. I'm not sure, but I'll send you the link anyways. If I find it, I'll send you the link. Yeah, but that just kind of confirms these reincarnation uh, yeah. discussions. They confirm what Krishna is saying that the creation takes place to accommodate the inclinations of the various living entities, and so the Lord does not become involved with it. The latest, uh, latest maybe it's been around for a while. Kind of sensational video that uh, someone sent to me. is of a boy who from the was born in the UK who from the time he was 2 years started talking of how he was a princess who had been killed in a car crash and his name is Billy Campbell and his parents are ordinary folks so initially they didn't take it seriously this uh, is because obviously Diana died 1997 or something it's now 20 years that boy from the age of 2 he started saying that he was a princess he is he doesn't know he didn't know this past present difference and that there was a car crash and sirens and in his baby talk they didn't know where he'd got it from because they weren't exposing him into to these kind of um the uh, um, tv tv information this kind of television information about the death and in any way to so many years since that that the tragic crash of princess diana spencer uh, lady diana so then he went on apparently uh, there was for and against um opinion that this is fake and they have coached him and so on then he went on a little later when he could talk a little more he started to talk about a brother he had and that brother completely fits the personality of john spencer lady diana's step brother i think who apparently even prince charles never bothered to meet or get to know and the boy was talking about sirens because this is true at the time of death lady diana is supposed to have been briefly conscious and have said my god what happened and then she blacked out but she would have heard the sirens and the emergency the ambulance and so on in paris so billy campbell is the name of this boy and now he's i think 5 or 6 so i the, so many such cases are coming up which i don't think people can any longer neglect or completely ignore or stamp out this whole logic of reincarnation and rebirth and uh, that supports everything that we are reading here now if you go on to verse 9 uh krishna is one second saying that he does all this work but it doesn't really affect him so you have here the translation uh o dananjaya all this work that is imagine he supervising all this creation and destruction and annihilation and recreation and so on cannot bind me means it doesn't he doesn't it not as if he has to feel tied down by it. I am ever detached from all these material activities seated as so neutral seated as so neutral in the heart of each of these jeevas granting them whatever they had actually hankered for and according to their qualification to get what they hankered for it's not as if just say we want to be born in a wealthy wealthy family automatically we get it if we don't have the karma for it then obviously we don't get it so odananjaya all this work cannot bind me i am ever detached from all these material activities seated as so neutral so here uh, um it's important because i know of a leading senior devotee and scholar now in now maybe into his 70s who joined in his early 20s called ravindra swarup that's his diksha name but he was a research student in some american university in in inclined towards philosophy and theology and all this he was born in the christian faith attending catholic churches as far as i know but uh, church programs but he was not convinced that the def- definition of god 
uh, of the definition they gave of God, just as a kind of fearful, punishing God and mm-hmm. so on. And somehow he came to Hare Krishna and he read some book where Krishna is described as always blissful and playful and simply all the time enjoying and playing from morning to evening. Not morning to evening, I mean in. Meanwhile, his his Shakti and under his supervision, all this creation, annihilation and everything is going on. That made complete sense to him. And he joined overnight because he said, then this is a real God. How is God God if he is burdened like us by all the creation and how he is morose or he is angry and punishes and so on. So this for him made complete sense because that is Krishna as Satchit Ananda. That is his uh, Sat, he is eternal. Chit, he is full of knowledge. Chit, this means knowledge. Ananda means he is always blissful. So this Satchit Ananda, that is his Rupa and we as Jeevas in our purest state because we are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord of it's just now we are so confused and so forgetful of that connection that we are not sat, meaning we don't even realize we are eternal so we are always frightened when the life will come to an end Chit, we are full of knowledge but we are often acting in complete ignorance the way we react to situations and our fearfulness comes from our ignorance of eternal knowledge and Ananda, we are hardly ever really blissful unless we are working on ourselves and cleaning our heart and improving our consciousness and uh, improving our connection with the Lord. So that Satchit Ananda quality that a true God has, which the Supreme Lord Krishna definitely has in his incarnations, <coughs> but most particularly him, that he is always blissful, always playful, always doing his leelas and thoroughly enjoying himself. That is the quality that actually even we have. It's just that we've lost the connection and become forgetful. So we don't display these qualities. And when we are eventually properly situated in our true identity and in our constitutional, ultimate constitutional position, having overcome all our feelings in which our lifetime, that is the state we are, it is said we will know that is Satchitananda. And you will see pure devotees or advanced devotees being able to show that same quality. In the Bhagavatam you talked about the Avanti Brahmin and we hear about other examples also of great kings. They don't, Jada Bharat showed it to some extent that he wasn't affected by when he was almost killed by the dacoits so offered him in sacrifice to Lord Mahakali. So Kali herself came to his protection. And uh, uh, I have a, just on, yeah. I have a doubt actually regarding what uh, I want to know if like um are like people who like people who are not on the path of Krishna consciousness, but let's say they're highly devoted uh, uh Christian Muslims uh yeah. practicing Jews, are they also like Krishna conscious in some way? Uh, are they like more Krishna consciousness are they more Krishna conscious than let's say a, a Hindu who doesn't who's not who doesn't believe in uh, Krishna as the ultimate supreme being in some way like it's possible because the level of their advancement and their understanding will determine this. There's no reason why they should not be. Because the average materialistic Hindu who is considered pious, God-fearing, who's been trained to have certain beliefs and not understand anything more, his whole connection with God is more like business. It's not bhakti. He's doing a deal. He will keep his side of the bargain and he expresses, expects the Lord to keep the Lord share, to get him through this lifetime. 
and uh, a lot of Hindus on the side also do demigod worship because they are not entirely sure that Krishna alone will work. So they the karma, the karma yogi. Right? That's right. They sell the karmis, the karmis or the karma yogis who believe karma is more than enough, but they don't really practice karma in the way it should be, which would mean uh, more and more surrender or detachment from the fruits of the labors. They are not uh, knowledgeable enough, or they have never tried to find out and to improve their understanding. So instead, in a Christian or a Muslim faith. you have someone who's a lot more advanced in their understanding then why should they not be actually closer to the goal than this average materialistic hindu but uh, but also like would like in in their case they would be accepting uh, christ or allah as their uh, god would that also be acceptable like as a form of krishna manasi because it's a very uh, it's kind of like a dicey question to ask but like right. i wanted to know if, if that is like if that is acceptable like as a form of krishna uh, because like if you are a, if you if you believe in devotional service like you will think like i heard like some devotees say like i think prabhupada uh, they think at one some lecture and uh, they were quoting him saying that like christ is also like he's like an avatar of uh, Vishnu or he's, Krishna, and he's Satya Vishnu. Satya Vishnu. So, yeah. in that sense, like if you are a if if you believe in that, like if if you come from a, a bhakti side, then you will you will probably it's easy to understand that. But if you are from a Christian uh, from, from a Christian point of view, or even if you are from like a Muslim point of view, Allah, you probably won't accept that. Like in this, in one sense, you won't. You'll be like you'll be a little hesitant to accept it, even though it sounds it actually sounds very accepting and very uh, nice to hear that. But from a Christian point of view, you might not you might not accept like you might not say no no that that Christ is different he's he's sort of unique. But um, like so in that sense, are those people like I mean the people who strongly believe in let's say Christ and strongly believe in uh, any other religion like their God basically like whoever believes in their God is that path uh, is it less valid uh, as compared to actually if. is a genuine fire sooner or later he will come up against certain limitations of what his religion is offering him and look beyond it it is a genuine enquirer that's why uh, um, shri prabhupad makes the statement even in one of the purports of the earlier chapters of the bhagavad gita there is philosophy and there is religion right philosophy without religion he says it's uh, armchair speculation or something like that we can do a search for it religion without any philosophical understanding is just blind following uh, fanaticism fanaticism correct yeah. absolutely so people who in these other religions faith just mention who have been trained to believe that their say jesus is the ultimate god for them and if it's islam it is prophet muhammad if they are one of those uh, the, who are practicing religion without philosophical inquiry the two have to go hand in hand if they are doing yeah, that then it becomes their cult yeah becomes their cult yeah then they don't break out and try to grow or try to find out little more and the philosophers who are like reading they have read the vedas they have read this but they are not at all interested in that religious side of things and this is just like armchair speculation so both are required and uh, whichever religion they may be in if the faith is genuine 
the lord in the heart is there no matter what name you call him by he is saying that he is there even if the person in these other faiths doesn't even know this word krishna or paramatma or anything so there is a individual or an entity inside next to the jiva called the uh, paramatma jivatma paramatma so he is going to reciprocate at some stage he is going to reciprocate and open new doors and uh, that person may go through certain shock and fear that he is betraying his own faith and may go through certain obstacles when he tries to discuss but uh, if there is genuine inquiry to know the lord in his fullest form they will overcome and start exploring new faiths and uh, you see because it can't be that if that that is not there then they are actually no better than one of these hindu materialists they are no better than that these hindu supremacists and hindu materialists because that yeah. kind of religion leaves no room for any genuine inquiry and thinking yeah because and, yeah yeah uh, no it's because there are a lot of um, there are a lot of like well meaning let's say uh, people of different faiths who uh, who like help people tremendously like you know for example like you take somebody like in america you have somebody like martin luther king for example who was right. he was a christian he used to read the bible every day and you know sure. but he took inspiration from a lot of like he took it from martin gandhi who was also like a was very you know he also he had right. the gita and all, and he also like not just that but he fought for the rights of people who were um, people of color not just black people but of all types of people of color in america yeah. and he led marches and he he and because of that the black people were allowed to vote in in america in 1965 or uh, 65 i think yeah. and you know it it paved the way for a lot of people of color to kind of have a voice and talk and all that stuff so like and he takes a lot of inspiration from the bible in the sense that he says that a lot of the the this is thing came from bible or he doesn't just credit the bible only he says you know he also says he also met gandhi and met a lot of other uh, great uh, you know personalities across the world yeah he met a lot of people and stuff but he also says that he got a lot of things out of the bible where he kind of learned you know a lot of uh, qualities that he needed in order to like be an activist and fight for the rights of people and things like that now so, so yeah. i was like wondering Blacks. like that would yeah that would definitely like i mean that obviously has is definitely applies to you know in it will apply the same thing we apply to krishna consciousness also like the idea of like um you know you know like fighting for what you what is right fighting for the right cause or fighting for the right thing is definitely krishna conscious ideal so the people like and so people like him or somebody else like that they are also kind of so that's why i was like uh, what the point is and say was like they are also in one sense krishna conscious without actually being directly krishna conscious uh, just one qualification one one kind of like you say something that i'm i disagree with uh, it is krishna consciousness but it depends on what is their understanding for example if someone who is an activist of the kind you said fighting for a better world has no conception a of how there is a difference between the temporary material body and the eternal soul you may be black you may be african you may be white jewish whatever he has no conception or no knowledge at this stage a this is a major handicap for him for what he is fighting for in terms of selecting his goals uh, or his ultimate goal two he has no conception or does not accept that there is rebirth 
and that the soul continues its journey you know in different bodies in different then these are two major drawbacks in his understanding because uh, you think about it the same martin luther king after assassination the junior one you he he just carry on and uh, the the work that he did in another body with different but if he doesn't know these two basic things that that's all nice these terrible circumstances and unfair and unjust situations for certain minority groups had to go that's great he even got assassinated for that that's fine but there has to be some higher goal or something that is aware of if that this a, a temporary material body one life you are black another life you may be white does it mean yeah it's a much better world for the whites in one sense but doesn't it really bring a permanent solution to their suffering it's the same birth death old age disease uh, same impermanence of life everything afflicts them the three modes control them it's not as if if you're not born black and born white the three modes suddenly back off from you it's not like that at all so there is it is very limited their conception and understanding so however uh, sincere and however uh, how do you say uh, honorable so their knowledge huge, their yeah, knowledge is basically limited in one month yeah it's basically but, very limited yeah. but you can also like um, you can kind of uh, but you can also at the same time sort of appreciate or have respect for that kind of uh, oh, mentality yes. because Certainly like even because there are people like even i would say like a lot of people within even the movement or not who are who don't who know about the movement or don't know the movement but they don't necessarily like act in the in the way that you should because even prabhupad in one sense had the same kind of uh, spirit where he not like a, almost like an activist kind of personality where he he wanted to go and i think somewhere he made this quote in america like i think you know when he was in he landed in the uk somebody asked him why why have you come here he said i i came here to make first class gentleman like first first class uh, gentlemen and gentle ladies are the right thing that is my purpose that i want to create first class gentlemen and he also had this this idea of um, you know trying to help the world and make the world a better place and trying to and in my, in one sense like help people to reach this point in some way so but at the same time like you said knowledge knowledge is important and uh, because otherwise you get trapped in your own um ignorance or of what you don't know like you know sure. like like sometimes you don't you know if you know like part of the reason why you know the in the indian uh, independence freedom struggle where india got its freedom from the british india india never fought a war and right, and right. that's one of the reasons why martin luther king got his inspiration from mahatma gandhi the uh-huh. whole non violence thing came from gandhi where uh, you don't fight the british you kind of uh, you know the whole idea of ahimsa and non violence and uh, not fighting and things like that now that came from from there and you know you take inspiration from that and you apply it in your own thing but it's still like you know it's like you look at martin luther king like if you know he's a special kind of uh, human being because i don't think you know even if he's not uh, if he's not born as a sure I mean, do or whatever do what he did is pretty uh, ஒரு 
these kind of people always have a hard time in life i know that because a lot of other people just don't see the unjust and fairness or don't want to get into it and are happy as long as they're in a safe situation but someone has to have a lot of moral courage like you are yeah. saying what the king to stick his neck out for i mean you know to change the systems because it is so unfair but uh, so that shows a brain and in one interview when prabhupad was asked why have you come to the west he is supposed to have said to give you a brain that right now you have no head you are just enjoying and making money and and then you are not thinking about anything basic questions what happens after that where to go from here you know what should be doing with our material faculties so in a sense uh, uh, activists like martin luther king are definitely showing what is uh, uh, that they have a brain compared relatively to the others they think about these matters and they speak out and like you said they show backed up by courage and they and they put their life on the front line at risk it's uh, definitely superior to so many others and they need to be given credit for it but that same idea of giving you a brain giving people a brain it's relative someone else may come with a more holer and holistic understanding of what is what and then they may be activist for that like there were like like, uh, like mother teresa in in bengal like uh, she's got a, i mean there's a lot of people uh, of controversy behind her but like yeah. Uh, uh, but she uh, she's given the nobel peace prize for uh, having done a uh, lot of activist work in like bengal during the i think uh, she helped like given those like a leprosy scare across yeah. bengal she was the one that was uh, administering uh, helping people in that time sure, and sure. Was managing that entire thing so you know even if there was some like some something did i don't know people accuse of a lot of things but if you remove that away but if you just say okay she did she did something good then that means that you know that uh, you know she's not a i mean she's a nun she basically she was a she was sister and then she became a mother she became mother to be served that right? so um so if if she can do that that's that's great like i mean if somebody can do that it's amazing but you know um so yeah to eliminate yeah. people suffering is great but if you go back to a reference point that what is their ultimate understanding do they yeah. accept at all that the material body is temporary and it's always full of suffering that doesn't mean that you have to allow lepers to just rot and suffer that's not correct that you know that you just say that anyway the material body is full of suffering so let the lepers keep suffering yeah. no so what she did was remarkable but it goes back to the fundamental question if you are asking us to evaluate her greatness Did she deserve the Nobel Prize? Was she really as selfless as she's made out to be? Hard to answer it, but we just need—I mean—address the problem, not the person. Address the issue. What is the issue? She has a certain understanding, a certain worldview, on the basis of which she also shows a lot of moral courage, sense of sacrifice, and changed the lives of so many. And the material world has reciprocated with that by canonizing her now, making her a saint, and before that by giving her, awarding her the Nobel Prize. That's fine. but uh, if you go uh, put that against the ultimate uh, knowledge and uh, mm. what was really her understanding does she accept at all that there is something called the spirit that it uh, takes another birth that the lepers that were suffering it's very good she elevated their suffering but that they were taking karma for previous lives or whatever different things so we don't need to condemn these people definitely we have to give credit where credit is due but at the same time we have to realize just ask were they at all searching for what is called the ultimate truth 
were they seekers in their uh, in their life? Were they seekers of knowledge? Were they seekers? Life? That's right. Oh, were they well, seekers, yeah. or they did they just recognize their role as this? And because the danger, if you are not a seeker and moving forward, if you just recognize your role and okay, that's also good. You found your sign, your. Um, uh, what is it called? Your mission within the mission. People speak like that now, even in Iskon. She found what she had to do, and she did it, and did it, and did it, and that's all right. But then, how are the three modes? And she, they are not going to leave her alone. They will at some stage overtake. Whether it is uh, a desire for, I'm not meaning her specifically, but of her desire for fame, for name, mm. these things are going to take the upper hand because three modes are not leaving any, leaving anybody alone. And I know personally when I went to Selamaris, Chennai for three years, I was in college, my BA was there, I was in the hostel. The same hostel was a young girl from Jamshedpur, they were Mangalorean Christians. She was, uh, I'm not going to mention her name because she's quite prominent now on Facebook and she's now like... She has a family, but she's very much into theology and God and books and so on. All right, maybe I might as well say her name. You can look her up. She's Anita Mathias, M-A-T-H-I-A-S. Now, she came, as I said, Jamshedpur. Her father was a pastor or something, a Mangalorean Christian from a respectable family. She had, she was a, a unusual character. I'm not going to say she was necessarily very pleasant or likable, but she was very ambitious she won all the debate contests. She was not good with sports. She had a clear vision. She was going to Oxford. She was very clear she is going to excel in some way. She never left her Catholic faith. She was very clear she was going to marry her cousin. And everything she did, it is one of these rare cases. And everything really worked out beautifully for her. She had a stint in Mother Teresa's nunnery. At some stage in her life, when she was looking for more meaning, I think after her 12th, she insisted and she was adamant her parents were heartbroken and very frightened. They put her there. She didn't last more than a year or one and a half years. She left, like she went from being a great admirer to being someone who left with disgust at the lack of hygiene, at the lack of common sense hygiene, at uh, at the, what she would call, the egotism or the egoism of the people in charge at the top, that they wouldn't take any alternate viewpoint as often happens, that no dissent was allowed, no discussion, no feedback. Today it is the culture of feedback. What's your feedback? What was your experience about? So she went really from being someone who had uh, surrendered to this mission as, um, what is it called? The Missionaries of, yeah, missionaries of, not St. Francis, FMM is different, Franciscan missionaries of Mary, that is different. This is whatever is that. Missionaries of charity? Missionaries of charity? Sisters of charity or missionaries, that's right, that is, yeah, yeah, this is all system. correct, yeah. So she went completely in the opposite direction and she just quit and left. And then she joined. So that was the closest I've come to coming to know what goes on inside. At the same time, there was an IAS officer in Delhi whose wife was uh, connected with the National Museum where I served. This Mr. Chavala went on to become a great admirer of Mother Teresa. He was a Punjabi Hindu and he wrote a biography, a fairly authoritative biography of Mother Teresa. Now what moved him 
can't be just because he wanted name and fame. He was already a secure IAS officer uh, with a good career and family money and all. I'm not sure. He was Naveen Chawla. Look him up. You will find it. His wife was Rupika Chawla and she was an art historian and known to me. And Naveen Chawla wrote this uh, big uh, thing about Mother Teresa. This is him. This is Naveen Chawla. I think he's still alive and around as far as I know. So he went very much into this and interacted with her and wrote you there is his book about. So they will can appreciate or not appreciate someone like this depending on the level of understanding. But over and above all this is my is our fundamental question that we need to ask, which is is a religion without any philosophy and is philosophy without religion then both are in danger because the three modes are going to keep doing their work to pull down such a person bring in egoism bring in the mode of passion competition uh, greed for fame and so on but uh, uh, and what is their understanding if their knowledge and understanding doesn't accommodate the fact that this material body is temporary it's anyway full of suffering or that there is rebirth which i think the christian religion does not accept at all it is just one birth and heaven or hell they have no explanation for why people suffer or how we are making our own destinies and bodies for the future they don't accept all this and nor is she willing to seek anything beyond because of this nor was she or i mean because of this narrow uh, approach so i think that's the way we don't attack the person but we look at the whole issue or the problem and then try and relate it with what we see as ultimate knowledge is given in the bhagavad gita mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's almost 6:30. Let's stop here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so we'll end the we'll end the uh, the meeting. Okay. I'll just stop it. Okay.